Welcome in to the DNR Report on this uh, All the Leaves Are Brown and the Sky is Gray, chilly late December day in Oklahoma, which usually means we are in peak bowl season. Funny I should bring that up because we got one tonight, Mr. Heights. Randy Heights joins me, Dave Myrick. Randy, uh, the wait's finally over, man. We've got Oklahoma football, one more day of it before it shuts down for the next six months. I don't know how excited people were about the matchup when it was announced, the Arizona Wildcats and the Alamo Bowl, I think, as we've led up to it. People have started to uh, kind of get behind the fact, hey, it's OU football and they're excited. You know, I, I think so. And I also think, as you know, a lot of people have griped about the transfer portal, and we were kind of talking before the show goes on. With the portal, you don't know who's supposed to win, who's not, because so many guys are gone and missing. But I think for a team like Oklahoma, it's got bigger expectations on the horizon. You know, they want to be a playoff team. They want to compete for a national title. I, I think a way this game kind of becomes exciting for a team like Oklahoma is the fact the transfer portal. And not that it, it's nothing against him, but Dylan Gabriel is gone. And Jackson Arnold gets his first start. You know, whether he plays great or bad, it doesn't mean that's going to be his career. But it gives the fans something to be a little more excited about, getting to see Jackson Arnold out there running the offense. Not that it will be the one he's running next year, but still, <laughs> you, you you get to see some of the new guys. And kind of like last year, remember the Florida State game? Gavin Sawchuk, we'd heard so much about him, didn't play all year long. And he's the star of that game last year for Oklahoma. So there are things like that, I think, that almost make the portal a good thing if you're a team like Oklahoma that has bigger aspirations than Alabama. Yeah, I agree with that. And what's weird about it, Randy, it can kind of create misconceptions, right? Because we saw Sawchuck and Barnes in that Florida State game. And what did all of us say? That Oh, that's a no-brainer. That's going to be Oklahoma's backfield next year. Don't get oversold by what you see tonight. You're exactly right. If Jackson Arnold goes 10 for 21 for a buck 05 and a pick, don't panic. However, if he throws for 405 touchdowns, that's not going to be necessarily what we see next year. So a very interesting dynamic in this game. No doubt about it. And I think what's going to be fun is watching the defense tonight. Most of those guys have decided to return for next year. And if there's one unit on this team I think you can get excited about, if they go out and perform especially, it's going to be that defense because that unit out there is going to be the one playing next year. Rumors are coming out. Woody Washington is probably going to return again for next year. And you've heard Stutzman this week talking a lot of the defensive guys. They were banged up at the end of the year. That We've said it all year long. They were deeper, but they still weren't as deep as they need to be. That unit was banged up. They're healthier. They feel better than they have since the start of the season. And so if they go out and not shut down, but control an Arizona offense, it's really good. I think those are some things you can look at for next year as an Oklahoma fan and go, you know what? There's some positive things on the horizon for next year. You know what? You're exactly right, because we talked about in the last show, look, the last six games of the year, you could tell they were banged up. They gave up a bunch of yards and points. But look, overall, to look at this defense this year and not say how much they improved from year one would be a massive mistake. It just looked like a better overall unit, and they can really add some uh, some whipped cream to the top of that tonight, heading into next year to where not only they get guys back, 
But they reload with, uh, you know, guys like David Stone and DeJean Terry saying they wanted to come back and Lacey. I mean, that gigantic guy saying they're going to come back and be part of this SEC, first SEC team for Oklahoma, Randy. But they're going to need that defense tonight because this Arizona Wildcat team can put up points. I was uh, checking out their schedule. I mean, they, they dropped 59 against Arizona State, 42 against the Utah Utes, who always has a really good defense. Uh, I mean, 44 against Washington State. They put up 41 in a losing effort to USC, even though their defense sucks. But, yeah, I mean, they've been competitive and pretty good all season. The uh, quarterback, Fafita, not really a rushing threat, but the guy can sling it. So I, I think some interesting uh, challenges for that OU defense tonight. No doubt. And the thing with him, you mentioned the quarterback. Yeah, not necessarily a major running threat, but the one thing I've watched him several times this year, including that USC game, He's very mobile. Yeah, he's not going to take tuck it and run and beat Caleb Williams, but he's also not a statue in the pocket. So that's where that defense for Oklahoma is going to be really interesting watching him. But you mentioned the defensive line for next year. I think the other thing that's great about this bowl prep are some of the guys that were able to go in and practice, the guys that signed in the early signing period, and they got 15 practices in. And things to be excited about that defensive line, line if you've heard the media that's down there in san antonio this week they got to see some of the guys nigel smith and Jaden jackson two defensive linemen that i know eddie radosovich said today on the franchise pregame and i've seen some quotes from george Troya. both of them say they look like guys that could go out there and play tonight for oklahoma and i don't mean like dominate right but be factors so if there's things to be excited about as oklahoma fans the defensive line may be one thing next year to be excited about because that doesn't include David Stone, who's not practicing because he's at the All-American games. Yeah, not not really a bad reason to not to be a no-show for this thing. But I, I love the depth across the defensive front next year. I love the depth at linebacker, Randy, with Stutzman saying he's back in the fold. It looks like Jaron Kanick. Let's talk about the uh, the two deep that was released for the bowl game. It, Maybe my only surprise is Kanick uh, kind of reinserted back into his starting role after Kip Lewis played and played really well in his stead. I was, I'm going to be honest, very surprised. And it's nothing against Kanick, but I, I I thought what how Kip Lewis played down the stretch was really good, you know, at, at different levels. So I, I was very surprised by that. And, you know, other than that, I think you're right. I think the linebacker depth is unbelievable i think the safeties on this team might be one of the best safety groups that you've seen at oklahoma in the last several years because we're going to get to see i think a big dose of peyton bowen tonight because you know i mean keith lawrence isn't playing he took some snaps up you got him you'll see bowen rotate in there more rsj will start rotating in there even a little more and he looked good towards the end of the year when he finally got healthy and was able to start playing so this safety group is another area i'm, I'm pretty excited to watch tonight yeah i am too and peyton bowen that's an intriguing guy randy going into next year i know that uh deshaun mccullough was kind of penciled in at that cheetah spot to start the season that didn't really translate as justin harrington gets a nod we can't forget about him either he's back in the fold next year but I think Peyton Bowen might be a guy they look at at that cheetah position next year. Uh, I'm not quite sure where that puts McCullough in the pecking order. Maybe they move him back to defensive end, or they rotate like they did with him and Ken Kendall Dolby this season. Yeah, no, I, I think it'll be interesting to watch that because McCullough is a guy that 
very, very high upside. I, I still think they'll, you'll probably see him there. Now that waiver comes through with Harrington and he ends up being back next year for sure. That, that gives them more depth and it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm one. I really like what Harrington did for them this year. There's kind of that part of me like, Maybe it's time for the youth movement, you know. Maybe it's time to see the McCullers and, and the Bowen and the RSJ and all those guys, you know, get in there and play. But you're never going to never gonna say no to death if you're Brent Venables in this staff. So, yeah, I think that'll be a fun area to watch tonight. The, the secondary in general, like, say, Woody Washington, if he comes back like the rumors are, leaning that way that he's going to come back, that's going to make that secondary even that much better. And, of course, you know, Billy Bowman already anchoring the safeties back there will probably be a Thorpe, you know, watch list guy to start next season. No doubt. I mean, let's think about this. If Stutzman does not get banged up and miss the two games Oklahoma lost this year, look, just my honest opinion from covering OU football, watching games, knowing football, I think Oklahoma is undefeated right now, uh, or at least going into the Big 12 championship to play Texas. So that's how important – he is. So when you get him back in the fold next year, now you're talking about Woody Washington locking down one side of the field. Uh, that's very exciting. That gives you a superstar at all three levels of your defense, which, God, it's been a very long time you could say that about an Oklahoma defense. But, uh, yeah, if Woody decides to return, man, that that's a very high upside for that unit next year. Yeah, and I know we're talking about a lot about next year, but I, I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with tonight's game. I mean, no doubt. so much of tonight is a springboard, and you look at tonight's game for Arizona, I think I think it's big for them. They're jumping into a new conference. Well, a conference are jumping into the Big 12. If they have a chance to knock off Oklahoma mm-hmm. in the last game, Oklahoma is a quote-unquote conference member. You don't think they would like to do that? Oklahoma has been the you know, bell cow of this conference, won more Big 12 titles and appeared in Big 12 title games than anyone in the history of the Big 12. And if you're Arizona, that would be a really big feather in your cap going into the Big 12, just kind of like, yeah, guys, um, I know you guys have done all this, but our last game was knocking off, you know, <laughs> the, the team that ran this league. So I, I think it's really a big momentum builder for them. And that's where I do give a slight edge to Arizona, even though we talk about all these things building for next year and everything for Oklahoma. I really feel like Arizona is a younger team. You know, their aspirations are to get into this conference and defeat next year. Oklahoma, their goal was not to be in the Alamo Bowl. They want to be in a college football playoff. They want to be playing in a national title pitcher, you know. And so it's kind of going to be one of those things. Does Oklahoma come out and play like a team wanting to win? Or are they just kind of going through some motions tonight? It'll be very interesting to watch that. You know, we just talked before we came, you know, to do the show off air about SMU. That game's taking place right now. And and we both thought going in, SMU's the better team. But... Did they have a case about what you're talking about with maybe OU tonight? Uh, they're pissed off they're in this game. They don't want to be there. They've got no motivation to play. I don't see that with Oklahoma. I completely agree. Arizona, yeah, if you can knock off the face of the conference you're about to join in their last two raw, their last game as a member of it, yeah, no doubt want to do that. I think they've got a lot more motivation to play than Oklahoma. The only thing I'll say is the odds makers and their wisdom making Arizona the favorite and OU the underdog. I think if you're an Arizona fan, you did not want to see that. I don't think Oklahoma needed any fuel to play in this game, but I think they've got it now. 
I, I kind of, I'm with you. I think that's kind of the thing that does play in Oklahoma's favor. And, and I'll say this, how odd is this? Oklahoma's what, a three-and-a-half-point favorite? I think it was last night, at least. I haven't looked at today. Three-and-a-half-point favorite going into the game. But according to ESPN's FPI, yeah. <laughs> 75% chance to win the game. Right. It's like, wait, I'm, <laughs> I'm lost. I, I, I'm confused. What, what, what happened? You Thank know, God so I'm, I'm not the only one that's confused by that. Yeah, I saw that last night on the bottom line, and I was like, wait, <laughs> if you had told me 50-50 and maybe a three-and-a-half-point favorite, okay. But 75%? Wait, that means they should be favored, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Somebody has to explain that one to me. Yeah, this was showing the current line. Arizona's favored by two and a half points. Yet, Oklahoma has a 75% chance to win. Make that make sense. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I, I really can't. And I know that doesn't mean anything, but it's just weird. It I is weird. That. I thought it was kind of funny. Well, let's let's jump across. We've uh, we've talked about the defense. I, I think they're in really good shape tonight and moving forward. Let's jump to an area that has been hard, hit hard by that uh, portal and guys opting out the offensive line. I know that everybody's excited to see Jackson Arnold, but if he has no time to throw, that excitement's going to wane pretty fast. Uh, they've got what Everett penciled in to start at center. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you've got your usual characters with uh, Matower and Rouse and Sexton at the tackles. That they've they've logged a lot of snaps, so you should be good there. Everett's the one guy. Hey, it didn't work out at guard. Is he had to be benched against Texas and replaced by Caden Green? Maybe center is his uh, natural spot. Yeah, it, it was kind of one of those things. I, I wonder if that is what we'll see some moving forward, you know, a guy like Tom playing that center position and you wonder, cause you look at the rest of that offensive line going in starter, Walter Rouse, it's kind of nice seeing as a senior, he's going to continue to play, get knocked out. Caleb Schaefer at the left guard and then right guard is of course much higher and then right tackle Jacob Sexton. I mean, there's some things to watch tonight, whether, whether the offensive line does good or not tonight, I mean, guys you want to watch and see if they play well. One of those big guys is, of course, Trev, Troy Everett there at the center. And I think Jacob Sexton's the other one. And how much maybe Josh Bates rotates in there at the center position as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh Bates is a guy. Jake Taylor is another one. Very highly touted guys. But you talk about the youth movement, I think. Brent on offense, especially at O-line, and Bill B, they'll always take experience over the youth guys. I don't care how highly rated they were, but I'm with you. I think we'll see Bates rotate in. Maybe this is kind of an open tryout to see who's got the uh, the lead as we go into next season. Well, and then the other guy that you've heard some talk about all throughout the all season as far as a young guy that's played well at times through practice Ozetta, I believe is how you say his last name, the yes. freshman, 6'5", 313. He's backing up Caleb Schaefer at the left guard position. But I wouldn't be shocked to see some of these young guys get some run just to where, you know, hey, they're going they're going into next season. There's some jobs are going to be open. Like you mentioned, Jake Keller, right, ta- right tackle. Do you maybe see him get some snaps at left tackle or right guard? Just seeing, seeing what you got, some of those young pieces. Because – the recruiting class, they may not have the five stars, a lot of them coming in, you know, but they have some really good young offensive linemen coming in in this class. And I mean, of course, Luis Pierre, of course, is the biggest one that's coming in. That guy is a freak. Have you seen his highlights? Oh, yeah, and, he is. A, he he dominates whoever he lines up against. It doesn't matter what level of football. The guy is just a natural offensive lineman. Well, well not just that. Have you seen his track highlights? Oh, I haven't. No. 
Oh, not where he runs the hundred meter meter dash. What? Yeah, yeah. Go look it up. Now, this dude's what six five, over three hundred and twenty pounds, running yeah. the hundred meter. Not, I'm, right, and I'm not saying he wins the races, but he's competitive. He doesn't have to win, right? If he's running the hundred meter in a competitive track event at that size, I'm impressed. Right, and that's what I'm saying. You go watch it, and you realize he's in that race. That's when you're like, <laughs> oh my god. Well, that is a mammoth man. Hey, so anyway, I mean, that—that's what that's you need. That's what you need in the SEC, Randy. Freaks, athletes. Exactly, and that's why I think tonight's key to see some of these other young guys that redshirted all year long get some snaps. I'm not saying you throw this game away, but Troy Everett—he's a sophomore. You know, like you said, he struggled during the season at guard and stuff. Maybe it is a time to see. Hey, are you a center? Are you going to be a factor in this team? You know, let a guy like him, let guys like Jake Taylor, said, you know, some of those other young guys get out there and get some snaps because, yes, you want to win the game, but this is your best chance maybe to see what some of these young guys can do before you get into the heat of the action of next year. No, I agree, and uh, we've, we've talked about the O-line. Let's talk about the guys that tote the rock behind them. Uh, they got open holes for guys like Gavin Sawchuk, Tawi Walker playing tonight. Uh, do you expect to see Barnes? You know, how much does he factor into the rotation tonight? You know, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I, I appreciate the fact he's sticking around. But if Tywee Walker's not part of the equation, right? If he's not part of the equation for next year. I, I'm sorry. I don't use him that much. I'm using Sawchuck. I'm using Barnes. You can play Caleb Hicks tonight. I'm playing all the guys you're counting on being part of your program next year. Okay. You know, that's just me. It's nothing against Ty Wee. No, I get it. But but you got a couple of running backs coming in next year. You got all these guys that are still on the roster that are going to play for you next year. As of right now, I mean, granted, after the bowl, some guys could jump in the portal, but it doesn't sound like anyone's really doing that at that position. If Barnes is healthy, don't you let him be the power back in this game? Well, I mean, look, you're right. If Walker is really checked out and he's just here to improve his stock, yeah, I'm sorry. He's he's not getting any touches from me. Uh, yes, you you let Barnes log the carries that would have gone to Walker. So I completely agree. I mean, that that's just that's how I feel. And I hate to say that because you got to also appreciate the fact a guy like that that is risking a lot playing in this game. If he got injured, maybe no school takes him. Right. You know? It's like, so he's risking a lot, but I'm, I'm sorry. You also have to look to the future, mm-hmm. you know, and and reward some of those guys that didn't jump in the portal, like, say, Javante Barnes. He decided to stick it out, and he's going to stick at Oklahoma. You know, reward that guy if he's healthy. And I think that's the thing we haven't known about Javante Barnes all year long. Is he really 100%? Because I don't think he has been all year. No, I don't either. And let's let, let's talk about the uh, the curious case of Marcus Major. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts the season pretty much at number one tailback for Oklahoma. The last, I don't know, three or four games completely disappears. I'm not, I haven't heard his name at all for bowl prep. What exactly do we make of that? Just done? Yeah, I mean, he's in the portal. I mean, he's done. And, you know, I, I, I he's a guy that's just not been around. I mean, he's a guy that was playing pretty well for a while, got banged up. Was it the Kansas game he got banged up in or the Oklahoma State game? One of those games. Mm-hmm. And then he just disappeared, you know, and I think that was kind of a sign. Unfortunately, there's certain guys that just could never get right at Oklahoma. And I don't mean that as a negative against them, just health issues, you know. And and unfortunately for Major, I think that was a problem. 
he could never get and stay healthy. Because I think he's really a talented young man, but he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, that's exactly right. And look, you just touched on it, man. This running back room is deep and it's good. They add Hicks into the fold with Sawchuck and Barnes. I know Xavier Robinson and uh, Tatum now come in for next season. That's a lot of ball carriers with only one football to go around. So guys like Walker and Major uh, trying to find greener grass completely understand. Let's jump outside of the wide receivers. Uh, they gained Dion Burks down from Purdue in the portal, a gigantic addition to go along with guys like Anderson Gibson. Uh, Farouk told me at practice a couple weeks ago he's looking forward to taking some looks in the slot, so I, I assume he's back next year. That also becomes a very deep and talented room for 24. No doubt, and they've got some young freshmen coming in as well. I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't slack in signing those guys. I, I think that room, it, it's kind of funny. We talked about competitive depth, you know, all season long coming in because that's what we heard out of the coaching staff. Dave, I think as long as people stay healthy and what we're hearing as far as transfer portal, as far as not really too many other guys that are name factors going into the portal this this round or even in the spring, mm -hmm. I think that competitive depth that we thought they needed to get to at a lot, maybe not across the board yet, you know, but a lot of positions. It's SEC ready now as far as depth is concerned to go out there and practice and work hard. Are there some positions on the field that still need some of that? 100%. But receiver is not one of those. I think with what they've got coming in and what they've got returning, that is one of the best receiving rooms I've seen in a long time at Oklahoma because for years, even under Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops, it always seemed like there was one dominant guy and then two or three other good guys. Right. I think you look at this room right now, when you could look at Gibson, Anderson, Berg's kid coming in. I mean, Petway potentially, if he lives up to his expectations. They're, they're like four or five guys where any of those guys, I and mean, I forgot Anthony will return next year. Yeah. Any of those guys could step in and be the leading receiver for that game. It's not Ryan Broyles-esque or D.D. Westbrook-esque, you know, where you knew that was the one guy and the rest of the guys just had to do enough. There's four or five guys out there that could be the guy on this team any given game. Yeah, that is so weird. You bring, I mean, thinking back through the years, Bob Stoops and Lincoln, that is exactly right. D.D. Westbrook, Sterling Shepard, uh, Marquise Brown. I would say Marquise Brown, C.D. Lamb, yeah. That that was about the, the closest tandem, but they had their best years after one of the other left. So... You're exactly right. And, and what's weird, they've always been that kind of shifty slot guy, uh, short and speedy. When you look at Anderson and Gibson, Randy, these are two NFL bodies on the outside at wide receiver that both get a lot of looks and a lot of touches. We've heard the offense isn't going to change that much. Really good news for the wide receivers across the board at Oklahoma, and they've got a bunch of good ones to work with. Tight end, I think, is the one group or one of a couple that – Maybe that competitive depth you reference isn't there. Getting a lot closer with guys like Davin Mitchell coming in. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a really big gift for them. And I think the other young man that's coming in through the portal, you know, I mean, there's some guys coming in, but it's still not going to be there. You'd like to be, what, in a dream world, at least three quality, quality guys depth yeah. at the tight end position when you say. And I think Hayden Helms is still one of those guys that could be there. But we talk about Marcus Major. What Caden Helms is going to have to prove now is that he can stay healthy. Right. You know, and, and that's kind of, I think, where we're at with him, watching him, because I really like 
his high school tape, what we saw him as a very athletic tight end. He's a guy that could be a factor in this type of system, especially with Joe John Finley and Seth Latrell. When you go back and look at what Seth has done wherever he's coached, he utilizes the tight ends. So that may even help them get that competitive depth we talked about, get that depth there sooner because tight ends around the country that are in the portal or high school, surely will look what this offense is going to do now with the tight end compared to Jeff Levy, and that's not a criticism, just his offense wasn't enamored with the tight end as much. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, look, that's part of it. If you're a t- if you're any type of player on offense, a skill guy, you want the ball in your hands, and Levy's offense for tight ends just wasn't that. I mean, we saw Stogner utilized, you know, maybe 12 13% of the entire season. So if I'm a, a high school senior tight end, no way I'm looking at that. No doubt it changes now with the uh, the change in coaching at Oklahoma. But, Randy, uh, anything else you want to – it's going to be a fun night tonight. I'm with you. I think we see some young guys across the board and a peak in the 24. But I'm, I'm also with you in the fact I think Brent and the guys really want to get this game won uh, to springboard, get some momentum into, into a very tough uh, first conference year next year. Yeah, I fully agree. I, I will say this. I, I kind of said it about Jackson Arnold, and I'll say it across the board. I, I think fans just need to breathe and almost enjoy tonight. I, if they go out and they lay an egg, if they look like they didn't want to be there, fine. Every right in the world to be upset. But if Oklahoma goes out and loses, but it's a competitive, hard-fought game, you know, hey, things happen. It's a bowl game. Arizona's playing with the chip on its shoulder, you know, and everything. Anything can happen. As long as they don't just go out and play dead and they look <laughs> like they want to be there, I don't think anyone should get upset if they lose just like though if they went and housed arizona by 50 tonight they don't need to go overboard thinking they're going to be instantly a top five team in the country right take it for what it's worth and move forward and feel good about the direction of this program because i think that's one thing that regardless of what happens tonight they've won 10 games this season they won six last year mm-hmm. this program's moving in the right direction are they sec ready we'll find out next year but I know this much based on this year compared to last year. They're a lot closer to SEC ready than I think 95% of the fan base thought they would have been after last season's game. Yeah, no, season. no doubt about it. And I'll go back to the Florida State game we keep talking about last year. And a loss, that provided a lot of optimism and momentum coming into this year, even though it was a loss because of how well they played. And mm-hmm. it, it translated over. But, you know, Look at the bowl games across the season going on right now. Guys that have left their team, that that don't have a quarterback, Oklahoma lost their quarterback. And any fan out there that, you know, thinks Oklahoma is somehow better off in a week with Jackson Arnold than they were with Dylan Gabriel is an idiot. Uh, Gabriel played elite college football as a quarterback this year at Oklahoma. Jackson Arnold has a chance to get there. He's not there yet. So keep that in mind. Oklahoma just lost their starting quarterback and is going with the backup against Arizona. So whatever happens tonight, remember that. I'm with you. Going to be a lot of fun. 8-15 ESP tonight. Wildcats and Sooners for one last ride. I completely agree. If you're a fan, just enjoy tonight. Enjoy college football. Enjoy bowl season. I know it's not as special as it used to be, but we can keep it special. And I intend to do so. No doubt. Hey, real fast, one note. On tonight, yeah, 8.15 is kickoff time, but if the Kansas State game is running long, 
they will push back kickoff to as late as 825, but then they'll start it regardless. So, you know, don't start panicking looking for it. If maybe 820, there hasn't been a kickoff yet. Yeah, if you guys are out there listening, friends of mine, don't text me asking what channel. You just heard it right there. They're going to push it back, so uh, no, no panic, but... Uh, well, we, you know, we didn't talk about our boy Lincoln Riley. Got a big win last night with a backup quarterback. I didn't see that one coming. I, I didn't either. I'll, I'll I may have lost some, some M&Ms on that game. <laughs> You're not alone. Because let me tell you, that portal is loaded for guys leaving USC. And, you know, it, it's one of those that you, you watched that game last night, give credit to USC, but a lot of mistakes by Louisville. Their quarterback, of course, hurts his pinky early on and really couldn't throw the ball as well. And all things came up great for them. What's going to be really interesting, I don't know if you saw some quotes. I mean, the head of the collective for USC basically sent out a tweet kind of saying how maybe USC doesn't need a quarterback in the portal now. Oh. And I'm like, all right, if that's the way they're leaning – which I kind of wondered yesterday. I don't know if you saw Will Howard's down to two schools now. Right. Ohio State and USC. Right. So I'm like, is the reason Ohio State's really jumping in from there now is because USC's backed off of him? Nothing against the kid last night, but is that what you're going into the Big Ten schedule with? Mm, speak, speaking of overreacting to a bowl game, wow, that is massive overreaction. Yeah, no doubt, especially from the NIL collective. Right. From USC. Wow. Well, and they didn't. They were pegged as a loser on signing day last week, Randy. I mean, I, I think I read something out of 19 recruits they signed. Only nine were actual blue chip guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's not looking rosy. Last night'll help. That that'll that'll give him at least some momentum heading into the off season. But it does not look good all around for USC. Well, and you look at it. Quarterback's been an issue there. I mean, as far as recruiting. Nelson's left. They don't really have a big guy coming in. Now, they have one, I think, in the 25 class committed. But, I mean, who's to say he sticks with them this long? You right. know? I mean, it's really interesting to see a guy that's the quote-unquote quarterback guru, and I'm not ripping him because he has had great luck with quarterbacks, but really struggling getting a quarterback in. And nothing against Will Howard, but that's one of your focus guys in the transfer portal? Yikes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, look, I like Will Howard. I, I know I, I talked to Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman down at Media Days. He loved Will Howard for a reason. But to be the guy to, to lead the, the mecca of college football, I, I don't see that. That's taking a risk, but maybe he thinks he has no choice. And especially that style of offense. Right. That's, I guess. Right. All right, Mr. Heights. Well, I hope that you had a great holiday season. Well, it's still going. We got New Year's coming up. And, uh, yeah, right in the thick of bowl season. I'm sure I'll be texting with you and Mr. Mitchell tonight about the OU game. And we'll uh... – It's a small world after all. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he sent me something from uh, Space Mountain last night. I'm like, oh, it'll be 12 again. I hope he's having fun. Yes. Hey, all I know is Epcot's the only spot you can get liquor. <laughs> uh well i'm sure he's figured that one out by now i hope <laughs> uh all right y'all we'll be back to uh to recap oklahoma's bowl hopefully win and uh dice up how jackson Arnold looked and all the new guys with you next week on the dnr report brought to you by bob hurley rv hurley rv is the largest rv dealer in the state of oklahoma you can find them at 8606 north i-35 service road 
Sales manager Michael Day has anything you're looking for. RVs as low as $14,000 for a brand new one. They've got over 1,000 new and pre-owned units on the lot. Again, 8606 North I-35 Service Road. For Randy Heights, I'm Dave Myrick, DNR Report through 1077 The Franchise.